everyone. You're listening to River Dish, a Riverdale podcast. I'm your host for the week, Ryan Bloomquist, here with a special guest co-host. You know him well, you love him. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Matthew Begbie. The audience goes wild. Hello, hello. Matt, how are you? I am doing well. Uh, it's very snowy all of a sudden in New York, so I'm struggling. But otherwise, I'm good. Yeah, it's very confusing weather. Also confusing to our listeners about where our dearly beloved Sam Gold has gone. I actually went to her apartment last night, and and the door was ajar, and I walked in and felt this violent breeze with the storm, uh, the storm, the storm mix of storm and snow coming in mm-hmm. uh, to go look at her window, and it looks like she had jumped out, leaving a bloody trace. Shocking. Of evidence behind. Very shocking. So Sam Gold is on the loose somewhere in Manhattan. I don't know where she is. I've checked maple signs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we should get a, a search party together. Yes, search. which is another great show. <laughs> also, this <laughs> Highly recommend Search Party. party. <laughs> so speaking of Search Party, let's just dive into the pilot now. Uh, search Party pilot. Next time, next time. Um... No, seriously, uh, I don't know where Sam is, so if you have signs of her, if you know of her whereabouts, um, please email us, which none of you have done, at riverdishpod at gmail.com. You can tweet us at riverdish. Hashtag, where's Sam? But we're not too concerned. Um, Moving on. Uh, This week's episode was... It was okay, in my opinion. This was episode seven called In a Lonely Place. Mm-hmm. What, what were your general mm-hmm. thoughts, son? I agreed um, that it was, I mean, it was a good episode. It just also stacked up against the previous episode, which did so much. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode was a bit slower. I think it was more of like one of those emotional episodes where not a lot happened, but a lot of feelings kind of bubbled to the surface and they dealt with a lot of relationships. It's where um, we got a lot of Jughead and his home situation. We got a lot of the Coopers kind of dealing with Polly, um, the Blossoms uh, a little bit kind of tacked on the end. So we'd, we got a lot of, um, it was almost like an emotional checkup. We, we kind of checked in with all of these people and where their emotional states were at this point in the story. And the plot didn't move along all that much. I will say the only big event was was kind of toward the very, very end, and it was after I had sat there thinking, nothing really happened in this episode. And then all of a sudden we get a little twist of the knife at the very, very end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. To. Yeah, we have, have a new suspect, mm-hmm. which I feel like we, we just keep getting more and more and more. Yeah. Um, but they have episodes to fill, so we like that. Uh, so, so this episode opens up with this, like, Norman Rockwell painting, uh, The Perfect American Family. Isn't that, it's, like, literally a Norman Rockwell painting, yeah, right? Yeah, the, the Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We're artistic here at Riverdish. Yes. Um, but there's Jughead wearing his crown of crowns, uh, giving us our narration. And then he's, he's going to cut the turkey until we see Archie turn around with a knife in his back. So mm-hmm. some very subtle forecasting from the creators of Riverdale, uh, letting us know that, I imagine, some somewhere in the future we're going to see Jughead really uh, screw Archie over. It's interesting that you say that, though, because I didn't think of it as like a, a foreshadowing when I kind of looked at it as almost guilt. Oh, interesting. But I don't know if he would be feeling guilt about his relationship with with. Um, with Betty? And yeah, I don't know if he'd be feeling guilt about his relationship with Betty just because Archie's very much not interested in Betty. So I don't know. But, but we did get a little bit of a moment there where Archie was like, oh, uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had that thought as well. I was like, is that, yeah, again, exactly. Is that a foreshadow or is it, or are we seeing Jughead struggling over stealing Archie's girl? My str- my struggle is like Betty hasn't been Archie's girl since the pilot, really. Yeah, well, um, never even. I mean, she, other than the pilot, like, yeah, like she never really belonged to him. Yeah, and even then, Grundy sense. was in the scene. Exactly. Um, um, I don't know, but it was. 
such a classic male move, though, yeah. of as soon as Archie noticed that Jughead had developed this relationship, mm-hmm. all of a sudden the hotter guy swoops in and says, yeah. wait a second, like, I had her on reserve. You know, yeah. she wasn't my yeah. priority. Like, I was, like, burner. fucking hotter girls until here, but, like, I was always going to marry Betty. <laughs> my teacher? I was right. Like, yeah, teacher, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I thought that that was... The, it's so, I don't know what we're trying or what we're supposed to think of Archie, um, because he doesn't have very many redeemable qualities. No, Archie's the worst. Archie is the worst. Uh, Archibald. We see him with, he's already had things for four of the five main, six main female characters, and I'm not, I'm excluding, uh, Josie and Cheryl. Outside of those main characters who are not parents, like, Archie's had things with almost all of them. Yeah. And uh, treats all of them pretty terribly. Um, So I don't know what to think of him. I mean, and I get he's just a horny teenager. Uh, He has ab privilege. He does, which we didn't Uh, get in this episode. So maybe that's why I'm not thinking that way. Yeah. We did get a Jughead shirtless. We got a shirtless Jughead. Which I'm, I'm not mad about. I'm curious to hear your thoughts uh, when we had um, um, Natalie on and, and Sam has mentioned right. her love for Jughead. Right. How hot Dylan Sprouse is. I don't... I'm not saying he's unattractive, but but I don't think he's like on Archie level. Right. I think he appeals to the brooding sense, especially on Riverdale. In real life, um, he's been doing a lot of, like, artsy photo shoots. He has some, like, cute glasses that he wears occasionally. And every once in a while, I'm like, oh. Oh, I think he's one of those people that, like, doesn't look like he would be the sexy guy at school, but every once in a while, you're like, hey, like, you're not bad looking. Totally. You're super, like, you can be super cute. Um, So I... but we don't get that so much with Jughead because Jughead is either always like lurking in a shadow brooding or he's, they even give him, you know, um, some, uh, some exaggerated like under eye bags yeah, to yeah, yeah. kind of emphasize that he doesn't sleep or he's always staring at his computer or he's like tortured and right. sad. He's writing like he's running out of time. Exactly. And... So he's, he's, um, I don't know. I don't think he's unattractive. I just think that, it's, it was interesting seeing him become a romantic character so early on in the show. I don't... Yeah, I can see how someone would find him attractive, though. Because I yeah. think Cole Sprouse is an attractive person. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just well, he's got to match his character. brother's... Uh, Nudes. Wait, is it... Or is this Cole in the movie? Cole... Oh, my God. This I is think the worst Dylan's news leaked. Dil- Dylan is... It's Cole in the show. Cole's in the show, and Dylan's God. nudes. We're going to have to edit this. No, you're good. You're good, because you they're You guys, twins. listeners. No, but definitely <laughs> last... I know, but I should Are know. Are you still figuring it out? Because, like, I don't... I don't know. I I, I had a big old crush on um, Cole Sprouse when he was on Sweet Life, and I was, like, of course, a child. And right. I was like, ah. Um, How did you choose Cole? I, like, they had Dylan different had personalities. And right. I more... Uh, on their on the show, I more um, aligned with Cole, who was Cody. Uh, his personality, sure, the like the nerdy bookish one, sure, sure. Um, that being said, I remember reading one of those like t- tween Disney articles, like those you know, those really small magazines, the one that's not like a normal size, but like it was like. I don't know, one of those, like, ones that are made for children, so it's smaller for some reason. So yeah. It's in their little hands. That you, like, got in the grocery store. Exactly. And, like, in the grocery yeah. store. I was in the grocery store, and I flipped through to an article or an interview, which with the two of them, and it's like, how are you different? And Coles was like, I watch Family Guy. And I remember as a child, I was just like, no. Like, you're supposed to be the smart one. <laughs> so, if you're listening, Cole Sprouse, I want to know if you still like Family Guy. Thank you. I'm sure I'll write it. <laughs> Please sure write I'll it, write Cole. It. Um, but yeah, and it makes sense that he looks so tired and his hair right. is oily, et cetera. Cause we learned in this episode that like we knew he was living in the movie theater, uh, since that got shut down, he's now living under the staircase in school. It's very Harry Potter-esque. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's which, a lot of stuff 
too. He has like a lot of stuff. Yeah. And like how, you know, did he get a U-Haul and like move that shit in? Like for someone without a home, he really sets it up nicely. Right. I also, it's, one thing I'll point out is that he's being offered homes left and right. Like Archie, Veronica, I think even offers, or maybe she just offers to Polly. But I I know that like nonetheless the Cooper like Betty offers and Archie oh, maybe maybe Betty doesn't offer because she doesn't know or and she doesn't want to know. But like yeah, I don't think cuz he's very he's all concerned don't tell Betty, don't tell Betty. Yeah. But he's like I feel like he's being presented with options and just being like I'll figure it out and I don't want anyone to know. That being said, when it came to Polly and like Polly isn't even asking for it. No one's asked for it, but everyone's right. like you need a place to say, yeah. And you'd think that, like, a somewhat maybe unstable girl who's also pregnant, who's also wrapped up in a murder trial, would be less appealing than just, like, a homeless teen. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, and uh, there are two things going against him, though. He has that male pride of, right. I, don't, I don't ask for charity, I don't ask for help. And we also learn that, like, he's kind of supposed to be Columbine killer-esque. Mm, mm-hmm. So maybe, as a viewer, where we see the real him, so we're sympathetic, but others that don't get that view are right. like, oh, school shooter. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah, but I think, I think uh, seeing him in the school was something that was, um, like, a big move. Uh, absolutely. And... I don't know, the moment, moment where he's in the bathroom and he's brushing his teeth and Archie's just happens to be there. We assume Archie was, what, working out, right? Yeah, I, that was unclear. It's one of those funny things that happens where, like, a character's like, why are you here? But then doesn't explain why they're there. Totally. And you're just supposed to be... I mean, he was, like, sweaty, so I'm, I'm assuming he was working out. But, um... Or just fucking another teacher. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, uh... Yeah, I don't know, um... It's, uh, it's interesting, I think, to see the development that happens just in this episode alone. Because it really is what the episode's about. It's really about Jughead and his living situation. There's not much else that's done. Um, there's, like, the the realization uh, with that happens at the end with Cheryl. But mm-hmm. it's mostly about Jughead. Yeah. And and besides those two things, we do get some some poly action. Yeah. So this this whole storyline kicks off with um, it's Betty, Archie, Kevin, the whole crew Everyone. sitting in that student lounge. Yeah. Uh, discussing whether or not they should report the fact that Polly has escaped. Right. Um, from Our Ladies of Quiet Mercy. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, what's the show? What's the if there's a the school in the Sweet Life? It's called Our Lady of Perpetual Sorrow. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, would have been a good name for it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, so they're being all sly about, oh, maybe we share this, maybe we don't. Uh, they don't realize, though, that this girl, do we know her name? They said it at some point. Gin- ginger? I, ginger. It was ginger. It was just so confusing, because there's so many ginger characters and on the show, but a, she's, like, black total, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with like, the, the one person without red hair is called Ginger. It's kind of perfect. I like it. Anyway, she's uh, sitting there the whole time texting Cheryl updates. Right. Um, her minions, right? I think she calls yeah, them yeah, minions. Yeah. Uh, and Cheryl immediately uh, goes and shares this with uh, Sheriff Keller, her mom, and also decides to tweet about it in the meantime, which I get. Like, if you have information that's going to go viral, like, be the first to get there. <laughs> Hashtag Polly Cooper killed my brother. Right. Hashtag nowhere to, be, to hide. Hashtag to sharpen your pitchforks. <laughs> I want that to be the hashtag for this episode. Except, uh, to be fair, there was another Miha moment in this episode. So... Uh, that was also a big plus for me. We did get Miha moments. Got a I don't know, um, a listener did write into us, like, half offended that we kept talking about Miha moments, because the, they wanted to make sure that we understood that, that both they are. actresses mm-hmm. are Latina, I did and that, that we maybe shouldn't be, be right. No, I just think surprised it's... Surprised that right. there's... They're very... Uh, if you can't hear by the clinking of the ice, we're also drinking margaritas right now. It's happening. Um, so excuse us. I will us say, I will say, this is my, this, I'm glad I have this opportunity to say this because I, granted, looking at these two women, you wouldn't know that they were Latina right away. That being said, um, their names are very Latina. 
So, yes. like, yes. I, I know I made the joke being like, they're white women who just, uh, like, are playing Latina, but that's not true. They are Latinas playing Latina. And we're happy for the representation. The representation's important. Yes. That being said, though, the, the use of Mija, the Mija moment, reminding us, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's she also fun. called, um, Hermione also called her Ronnie a lot this episode. Like, Archie hey, Ronnie, did, Ronnie. too, yeah. as well, yeah. Um, which, so that's fun. I think Archie a also called Jughead Juggy. Yes. Yeah, we had Ronnie, Juggy. We're getting more comfortable with these characters, so maybe that's yeah. why we're being thrown more... I think More these nicknames. were. I think Ronnie is absolutely a, a nickname that was used in the comics. Um, I don't know about Juggy. I'm assuming so, and I'm also assuming that maybe JB was as well, or maybe JB is a use of, uh, or a way of switching Jelly Bean from being like a name that you'd read in a comic, where it's totally weird but also totally fine because it's a comic, into a more like real world situation. Right. That being said, it's a little weird because Jughead's name is not Jughead. It's Forsyth. Something right. Forsyth yeah, yeah, yeah. Pendleton or something, yeah. um, and Jellybean's name would most definitely not actually be Jellybean. So I don't know why she's like. Well, now she wants to go by JB, because would she just go by her birth name? You would think, but maybe I don't know. JB's kind of fun. I like it. No, there I definitely were, like it. My thing with Jellybean is it was said so many times this episode in such serious moments, like right. the dad's hitting the bottle, and and there's drama, yeah. drama, and he's like. Your mom took jelly bean from me. It's a little And it's like, as an actor, I just could not imagine getting through that sentence with a straight face. Right. Uh, Absolutely. Which is maybe why I'm not hired a lot. That that, um, cheek and tongue moment where Sheriff Keller is like, well, you've been bullied a lot. And he's like, well, my name is Jughead. (laughs) Yeah, that was, I was happy for that moment. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little, it's fun and it's a little, you know, like playing with the mix of the worlds because it's these characters who kind of don't belong in a steamy teen drama um, who are now doing quite well in a steamy teen drama. So it's playing with the the world that's been set up. Jughead's also supposed to have a dog. I'm excited to see that dog come into play. I feel um, like it has to, right? It's all, I think his name's Hot Dog, right? Yeah. Maybe it'll be like when he finally gets a home and it's like right. Annie and Sandy. Yes, absolutely. Or, well, I guess Sandy was there when Annie didn't have a home. True. Right, she was the orphan, and orphan then she dog. brought him to live with Daddy right. Warbucks. Exactly. So I just think, yeah, I think that like there's these weird um, Archie comics things that are now introduced into Riverdale, and it's fun to see how they meld those things. I don't know if you saw, but there is a theory about Sabrina the Teenage Witch, because yes. Sabrina is a character. We did. We covered this a bit last week, but I don't mind. I don't mind hearing your thoughts What's on your it. What's your theory on whether? Because like, she's supposed to be in the finale, right? Well, it's yeah, and she has been cast. Yes. Um, but but the but the theory being for listeners that somehow missed last week's podcast. How dare you? I don't know how that happened. Unlike myself. Um. But that Sabrina is going to bring on the whole Archie afterlife uh, right. trope of zombies and basically what what we said last week is yes I get it but I'll be pissed off I would be pissed I don't think it would fit in the world that we've been introduced to I think that it would be um, it would be a little strange to be introduced to it so late if we were getting hints of supernatural from the beginning by all means throw it our way but like toward the end no and I think that just in the you know the idea of melding the worlds of the comics and the show together. Um, introducing Sabrina as a character would be super cool, uh, kind of in the same way as, you know, like all of the other things, uh, Jughead's weird name and, and, like, keeping all those those tropes. But I'm interested to see how they do it. Josie and the Pussycats, they did it, like, so well. Yeah. yeah so, so well. Um, and the Archie afterlife world, like, Archie dies in the end. I wouldn't know? be sad to see him die. Like, He's they little, might be setting yeah. us up for that. But it would be a finale death, I think. I don't think it would be a main... I don't think it would be like a season two death and then it would go to four seasons. Right? Do you think so? No, I don't think so, unless we're going after That being said, they also... Archie has not been a main player for every single episode. And, like, this episode he was absolutely not a main player. And then the show is not called Archie. Yeah. It's called Well, he's the least interesting person. Absolutely. So either Archie's going to get more exciting or maybe Archie's 
a possible, I don't know, scapegoat. Yeah. Like, maybe they need to kill him off at some point. That would be That'd crazy. That'd be crazy. I'd be, I'd be very happy with that. That'd be crazy. I mean, in the Archie Afterlife, you know how he dies? No. He dies taking a bullet in the future for Kevin. Oh. Oh, he, I did read Kevin that. Kevin becomes but... a senator or something? Mm-hmm. Some political figure, and he's making a speech, and some homophobe tries to shoot him, and Archie takes a bullet for him. Honorable. I mean, when yeah. I read about it before the show, I was like, yay, Archie. And now that I know, like, now that the Riverdale Archie exists, I'm like, eh, maybe do it. Yeah. Well, going back to, like, the names Jughead, Jellybean, prior to this, the only person to really uh, say Jughead, like, the name should be said, was Alice Cooper, who has quickly become my favorite character oh my God. Uh, in the series. Mansion Amic, is that how we pronounce her last name? Yeah, I don't know. How she's to amazing. It, but she's yeah. amazing. And she's yeah. in everything. Yeah. Like, everything good. Between her and Penelope Blossom, like, I would be happy with that spinoff series. Yeah. Just the two of them. Alice Cooper is um, iconic. Yeah, and we really get the moment, uh, a moment between the two of them. When we have this full-on Beauty and the Beast hunt hunt down for Polly. It's like very through the woods, through the woods. (laughs) And they're like, one side is just in like Old Navy. Right. The Coopers. And then we get full-on like a barber magazine, (laughs) like equestrian, like expensive wear. Right. Oh my God. Uh, The Blossoms coming through. Um. To then they're all hunting for right. Polly. Right. So like, who's gonna get her first? It's the stakes are very high. I don't know. Are the are the are the um, the blossoms really crazy enough to like find this girl? And I guess they would just find her and like have her locked up, right? Well, I think what's strange to me is that we're we're led to believe. See, when I saw the Coopers and all of like the the pals that we've we've come to know together searching. I was like, this is a nice moment. Then when I saw the Blossoms searching, my immediate reaction was not, oh God, what a high stakes moment. Now it's these two teams trying to find this girl and whoever finds her first wins. I saw it as like, oh, that's nice. They're helping at first. And then I realized okay. that like it was two separate teams kind of with their own motives. Right. That being said, they all want the same thing. Like if the Coopers and the Blossoms got together... They would, like, I don't mean Betty. I mean her parents and the Blossom parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they got together, they'd want the same thing. They want Polly to be found. They want Polly put away. They want the baby taken away out of the picture. They don't, the Coopers don't want the baby. The Blossoms don't want the baby. Yeah. Or maybe, the the Blossoms want the baby, don't want Polly. And the Coopers want Polly, Polly, but don't don't want the baby. So, like, it makes sense. Right. And, and it would, I don't know. I think that... It's like America, you know? We're yeah. all after the same thing. We're all after the same thing. But, yet yeah, we're, we're very much divided. Preach. Um, we get political here. <laughs> yeah, didn't mean to take that turn. Pod Save America. We'll do a crossover episode. Well, that's... And, and also, it becomes clear to us early in this episode that... It was, I think it was clear earlier, but it was made definitive that the Blossoms really do think Polly is the one who killed Jason. Uh, We get the moment with Cheryl, who I really want to host, like, a serial-esque podcast, who's just like, let me put one and two together. Like, Polly escaped, she's probably done it before, like, burned down the car, duh, she killed Jason. I like lo- just that laid like, out Trump esque <laughs> logic where she's just like this plus this obviously equals this you idiots yeah and like everyone has to kind of agree, um, yeah I, I agree. In, in in the middle of the witch hunt, uh, we get Polly and Alice who somehow have, like have to take a break from hunting in a church, right? Uh, which was, um, Betty. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, excuse I me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I was like. No, I know it's Alice. It's so yes, weird because you think Alice. that her name would... They look like they'd be the same name. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Betty and Alice are in church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get another cover girl. Um, it's so promo. Funny. I love them. They're I just love so, them. like... They're because the least subtle 
They're so intense. They're so obvious that it's product placement. But at the same time, they're in these moments where product placement does not belong. No. The first product placement moment, um, and this is something that, like, I don't, you haven't watched very much of Gossip Girl. Right. Gossip Girl is also notorious for horrible, horrible, horrible product placement. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it. And, um, the first product placement, CoverGirl product placement that we get on the show is when Betty is putting on the red lipstick and then her mom violently wipes it <laughs> off of her face and then it's like, CoverGirl. It's like, what is this ad saying? Is it saying like, you too can have your mom violently wipe makeup off your face? I don't get it. Um, but we get those in awkward moments throughout the whole show. Yeah. And it kind of made sense last week when the the pussycats were getting ready. Like, right. oh yeah, they're using makeup. This felt very much like we were in an acting class, and like it's like the Meisner technique, <laughs> where like in order to like take attention from the fact that you're like acting insane lines, like you're supposed to do a, a clear action. Right. So it was very much like I'm going to deliver these lines, but like I'm also going to do my makeup. So I'm busy, busy, busy. Um, and it works. Like it was, right. it was a well acted scene. Agreed. Um, but w- that all leads to Alice's press conference, right? Which was like very Gone Girl. Very uh, Gone Girl. Have you ever have you ever been involved in a press conference? I don't think so. If I were, if if I was, it was definitely when I was like in high school, and it was like when I was a part of an acapella group or something. I don't know. Sure, there were like. There are very few things that get me more excited than a press conference. Yes, press conference. Like, um, when I was in high school, mm-hmm. you were saying your acapella group, the, the really, like, the one press conference I was involved with was uh, when I traveled with my school choir. Yeah, and we choirs. Got, yeah, Do but it. this was, like, it turned into a whole press circus. Oh. Like, it's the one, like, scandal I've really been involved with so far in my life. I hope for many more. But this was when we got, uh, we were over in Italy on tour and the, like a volcano went off in Iceland. It was like very random, but our, like all plane travel was shut down from Europe to the U S and vice versa. So we were like stuck in Italy as a school choir. I love that. So we were like kind of fine. Other people were better. This isn't really podcast listeners don't care. Um, I like we were forced to play sports and stuff to like oh. keep our minds off it. So that's where things got like rough for me. And I'm like, get me out of get here. Me like, out of I didn't mind hell. being stuck in Italy. Like, put me by the pool. Gelato. And, right. I'm a happy camper, but like, make me play soccer. No, thank you. No. Uh, anyway, though, our teacher like, started to send press clips to media outlets in the U.S. because, like, parents were freaking out. And then our town was freaking out because they thought taxpayer dollars were being spent to, to, like, cover our trip in Italy. And they're like, (laughs) I'm fucking paying my taxes of these kids can, like, play soccer in a field in Italy. It's the Mar-a-Lago all over again. Yeah, so, like, so then when we came home, like, there was this massive press conference in our school library (laughs) with, like, all the local news cameras explaining that, like, we were going to, like, fundraise for our extended trip. That is so funny. Anyway, oh so so this small town press conference brought me back to my small town press conference moment. That's the funniest thing ever. Um, Can I just say, in the hunting in the woods moment, that that whole scene, there is a single moment in the B plot, C plot, even I don't even know. Um, that's it shook me the wrong way. Okay, and I really hated it. Um, it's in the Veronica subplot where she's yes. like, I'm going to lash out at my mom and she's in a cave. Right. And she's talking to Kevin um, and she says that she's going to go clubbing. And right. And she's like, I get my, one of my fun celebrity friends. And of course, Josie is the fun celebrity friend because mm-hmm. she's, I guess, the closest a thing to a celeb yeah. in Riverdale. And it's like, my best gay. Yeah. And then she goes, that's you. 
and then like a piece of man meat or something. I don't know. Whatever. That part is like so unnecessary to yeah. the whole plot of this sh- the the episode. For what we've seen of Riverdale being smart and progressive for teens and inclusive and exciting with with diversity representation to have a character say my best gay as if and she's done it several times throughout the whole season i know i know kevin is an accessory yeah it's a little uncomfortable to watch because it feels like if the show is going to sustain its um smart engaging uh representative kind of voice it seems like it would build up to a moment where Kevin's gonna say stop and be like you keep doing this don't do like I'm not an accessory I'm a person I think but I don't know if it's going to no. I'm really hoping it does but that moment left me being like why doesn't he say stop that being said Kevin's also had a couple moments now where you're just like what yeah I don't I don't know part of me thinks he doesn't care like you know, it's he's the same like he's the only dad tells him not to go cruising in the woods. So like, yeah, I he's don't the know. Only out person that we know of, right. at least in Riverdale High, right? So like, yeah, yeah, I I know what you mean, right? I was hoping that when she was like, because it zoomed in, she was like, and and it like hit the football team, and Moose was there. Right. I was really hoping for like, and Moose to like. Oh, and that's a gay steam. moment. Right. That's she, all you need for yeah, a yeah, yeah. in that episode is a gay moment. Um, but then she she brought along Reggie, which Reggie. was kind of pointless. Um, that it, it, Let's talk about that clubbing moment. I, I was watching it with a friend, and the friend said... She turned to me during that scene where they're just, like, dancing and having fun. And I had no real problem with it right away. But she was like, these are the kinds of moments in teen shows where I just have to go... What? Why? <laughs> and like it made sense after she said it, but yeah, go ahead. Say what you say your piece cuz I have No, it, it it's similar to that in that it was frustrating to watch because they clearly didn't want to make it clear that they were drinking. But right. then they made that comments later that was like, "Oh, do you want to like See that we're of age? Yeah, like, yeah, we'll show them our age. Yeah. Implying that, like, you've been serving minors. Right. But they also had, like, half-empty glasses of what like, looked like cranberry uh, juice. Vodka. Like, yeah, but maybe, yeah, maybe it was just, maybe know. their drink of choice is just a grand vodka, which, like, great right. choice, you know? Right. Um, but it wasn't, like, they got, they went out and got, like, trashed or whatever. They yeah, were just, like, loving the dance floor. Be. Which I'm always, I'm just, like... I I'm personally jealous of people that can go out and like dance and have fun. My coworker had one comment um, when Veronica came home and walked into her apartment. She was like, "No one ever looks that together when they're when they come home from clubbing. Like, no one ever looks that good." Yeah, and I was like, "You're right. If they." If they really danced and drank and, like, partied in a way that would make a mom uncomfortable, she would come home drunk, she would come home sweaty, she would come home looking a mess. Yeah. And she did not say She came home, like, super cute looking and, like, coherent enough to have an intelligent conversation with her mother. And, I don't know, like, why is any mom, or parent for that matter, worried about their child going out coming home at a time where, like, they are still awake and being completely fine when they come home. Yeah, I'd be like, good for you, honey. Like, you make good choices. They're in Riverdale. Where are they going out in Riverdale with their clubbing until all hours of the night? That was a question I had. What's the gay bar that Kevin mentioned in the first episode? Uh, Innuendo. Innuendo. They're definitely clubbing at Innuendo. Yeah, I keep waiting for. This was called, the club was called Roving Eye. Right, right. Um... I, I do wonder if it was in Riverdale or a neighboring larger what's the, city. What's the place that they always meant? Sweetwater. Sweetwater. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's in Sweetwater. I don't know. Yeah, I Sweetwater feel like it... seems to be the place that they keep mentioning as, like, the place beyond. Totally. I feel like it's probably... It was probably a club in a larger city that they, right. like, all hopped in an Uber to. Hopefully they took an Uber and didn't drive because they right. were responsible if they happened to have a drink. Right. Because here in Riverdale, we promote that. 
I um, promote safe safety. Yes. <laughs> I stand with safety. But, um, I don't know. Do you go clubbing often? No, I don't. And, like, I, I watched Veronica's experience, and I was like, I relate to this. I go out, I dance with my gaze, and then I come home, and I'm completely sober. <laughs> and, like, that was my whole thing. Um, but... Then, but it made sense when my, my coworker was like, yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. No one ever looks that good. And I was like, you're right. And I don't quite understand. Also, she Mac, like she spent all this money online, but she bought like maybe seven things. So I don't quite yeah, understand why this is like a worrisome behavior. Because I buy things online, maybe go out till midnight, like t- three times a month. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, we weren't in high school. We aren't in high school. Fair. I do bankroll myself. That being said, um, maybe my, I don't know. I feel as if my parents were very, like I didn't drink until college, which Uh, is is a thing for some people. For the most part. Right? Yeah. 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 But um, my parents were always very, I don't know, maybe it's because we're supposed to believe that Veronica's mom is a bit more like, traditional as a parent, but my parents were like, we understand that teens drink, please be safe, and please, not, like, understand what, what happens. Right. And it seems like Veronica was. That being yeah. said, um, if Betty went out and went to a club, I could understand her mom freaking out. Yeah, yeah. Betty's Betty's the type of person that's going to, like, go to college and, like, yeah. be a total mess. Right. And, like, and, and black she's out every control. night. And, yeah. I don't, I also am very fascinated because that's something that we're being set up with very strongly is that Betty is, is an overachiever doing incredibly well, going to go to a great school. I do hope that we get Riverdale for many years. I hope we get at least four seasons of Riverdale. Yeah. Well, we're good for season two, which was official this week. Yeah. We can announce that. Yay. Riverdale season two. That means Riverdale season two, everyone. Um, very excited and I hope it continues longer. I, I'm worried that it'll fall into the same trap that Glee or maybe Gossip Girl fell into where they have no freaking clue how to handle kids going to college. Um, yes. With yeah. Glee, they were like, we're going to send them out of this small town because that makes sense. And then they had no clue how to sustain the story um, and then found ways to bring them all back to that high school, which ended up like ruining the characters' lives. Um, and then with Gossip Girl, all of the characters wanted to go to Yale or wanted to go to Brown or wanted to go to all these Ivy League schools and uh, to keep them all in New York, they all went to NYU. Right. Every single one of them. So, um, except for one who was the dumbest and ended up going to Columbia. So I don't, I'm nervous that we'll get to that point because they are setting up Betty for success. They are setting her up for like these great things. Mm -hmm. I know this is not with this episode, but it's just in the show in general. But um, yeah, I'm interested to see how that happens and I hope they handle it well and Maybe Riverdale ends before they leave for college. Yeah. At least they're sophomores. Yeah. They're not and, juniors or something. And by all accounts, we've really only, like, experienced maybe weeks. two weeks. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, the timeline's a little blurry, but that's basically kind of what it seems like. Right. A lot Absolutely. of town events. A, lo- a lot happens in a small town, but... Um, so, so really the only other, like, big plot that, that happened this week was the whole uh, thing with um, Jughead's dad. Right. Um, what was... FP? FP. FP. Which is actually Jughead's initials as well. I don't know if Jughead's oh. dad was ever in the comics, but I did look up to see if he was, because I wanted to know what FP stood for. Yeah. But um, Jughead's initials are FP, because he's Forsyth Pendleton right. or something. Um Bon, uh, Jones and I actually such a weird thing in one of the comics they accidentally printed his last name as Von Jones which I think is hilarious okay. and they were like it happened one time so it was probably a misprint um, yeah Jughead's dad was fascinating and I don't know if you know this but he's the actor who played the villain in Scream right yeah so I always like seeing him because it's like hey you're doing things and yeah um it He's plays working. into the horror aspect. Not that not that Riverdale is horror, but it does lean into that like broody, almost Twin Peaksy side. So 
uh, Madchen uh, Amik and um, the gentleman whose name I do not know who plays Jughead's father. Mm-hmm. Um, th- like, it's this cool way of not typecasting, but putting them in similar projects where, like, tonally they fit. And I think totally. that's super, super fun to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but basically, we, we get a whole plot of... Um, Archie, really, who is who tells his dad to rehire um, FP. FP because because Archie learns that Jughead is homeless and his dad is unemployed, drinking in a mess. Right. Uh, so like Archie thinks that that will be the, the, the his way out right. by being hired. Um, he arrives to that the trailer office, whatever that is, has a moment with um, Hermione because he's also a Southside Serpent, right? Which uh, Fred doesn't know, but Hermione's initially threatened. That could be interesting going forward. Absolutely. Now that uh, the serpents have invaded Hermione's workplace, um, and it and it. I don't know, it just bounces back and forth so much in the episode that it's hard to really put into one concise uh, absolute moment here. No, but but uh, finally, FP does go back to the business. Things go well. Fred says he's like the hardest working guy out there. Um, it was Jughead is immediately like, awesome, like let's celebrate. Naturally, they go to Pops, have a whole dinner. This was interesting, the whole, the check paying. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a little backwards in the writing for me. Right. In that, so it, it kind of made sense because FP pays the bill. Right. Which, which to me makes sense. Right. Socially, a friend just did me a favor by rehiring me. I don't have a lot of money, but I still want to make a point. I, I put it on my credit card. I'm, I'll like, I'll earn it back. Exactly. Um, but it's a, it's a moment of goodwill. Fred is also polite and says, no, 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 man. Like, I know you have no money. This is on me. But FP loses it. But then FP is like, no, 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 it's on me. You owe me. Which is like, so it just, and then Fred is like, well, then I would have gotten another milkshake if I had known that. Yeah, Fred plays it off really nicely. I thought it was fascinating because... I love that weird culture of of masculinity where it's like I'm gonna pay to prove that I can and to prove that like it's almost it's a I mean it's wholly a pride thing. Um, so I thought it was a weird moment where he said you owe me because I didn't think anything of it, and then when it came up later when Archie asks FP right he asks FP yeah. he's like what did you mean by you owe me. I didn't think anything of it because I grew, I grew up in a family where, you know, my dad, if we went out to dinner with like other families, my dad was like, I'll pay, I'll pay, I'll pay. Right. And it was a pride thing. Right. It was like, my dad was saying like, I'll pay. And in a way where everyone else would have to like, kind of look up to him and, and be like, wow, what a great person you are for paying and being able to pay and whatever. No shade to my dad. I mean... No. You know, whatever. But, like, it happens, and it's a thing. And it's a thing that I kind of thought as very normal watching it. I don't know if that's the same for you or for other people, but, like, for me, I was like, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. But then when he's like, you owe me, I was like, all right, give give him this moment. Give him this moment to kind of step up and be the big guy. But Archie doesn't take it that way, and Archie says, what did you mean when you said you owe me this? Right. And we kind of get a, a long dramatic story in response we get a, a very intense response yeah and and we get both sides of the coin eventually yeah with um fp saying that basically he was bought out of their business that with they owned together money. with bail money and he really the money he should have gotten was 10 times more than he yeah. got and Fred is like, no, 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 this guy was running my business into the ground. Like, honestly, it was a big favor to just give him that amount of money. Absolutely. And I don't blame Fred. No, I'm on all. I'm on Fred's side. And I, But I was annoyed how Archie took it. Like, yeah. Archie, and I don't know, I guess that's a thing that kids go through, maybe, of like, 
you're raised potentially to believe that your parents are perfect in like yeah. and maybe there are those first moments where you start to realize like oh wait like they're no my parents people. are human and they can be flawed too and right. not necessarily always be right so so maybe that's just what we're getting yeah. in the teen drama but Archie was like, oh my god, how could you do this to my friend's father? Right. Um, even though I thought Fred was... I thought Fred was in the in, right. In the right. Yeah. If you were in business with a person who was irresponsible and an alcoholic and was like... Yeah, getting, if you're like, stealing from channel, my business, absolutely. Like, then you, I'm not going to bail you out. You, you did buy you, them out. Yeah. You get rid of them. And like, I don't know. I... I I actually saw a tweet uh, when this episode was airing. Someone just said, like, are there no sane parents in Riverdale? Like, or no, is every yeah. single parent insane? And I watched the episode kind of thinking about that being like, oh, are all of these parents weird? You know, Veronica, Veronica's mom, I relate to. She might not be a perfect person, but her motives I get. Mm-hmm. And Archie's dad might not be a perfect person. But as much as I get. And the weird thing was that I learned about their band, which I don't remember hearing about. And they kept talking about their band. Yeah. And I was like, you had such a problem with Archie pursuing music. And yet here we are learning that you pursued music. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily think of all of the parents Probably like as... like a Mama Rose sort of thing. Right. You know, he's Absolutely. Like, this was it's my like, career. Like, I could have been you. And then yeah. he follows up with, like, other people being like, can Archie actually do this? Totally, yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's this uh, interesting moment we get with... The, this episode was very, very parent-heavy. I would say the parents, in a lot of ways, stepped up and became the main characters of this episode. We yeah, have I agree. a lot of drama with FP and Fred. We have a lot of drama with Veronica's mom. Um, Veronica's mom steps in at the end and is kind of like the hero of the episode. And then we also yeah. have a lot of drama with the Coopers and the Blossoms and a lot of moments with the parents. And it's very, very um, intense because of it. That being said, it's not any less like juvenile. Totally. Yeah, but one of the last moments we get is uh, Hermione taking Polly in. Absolutely. This is all after uh, the Blossoms kind of come in and, and try to to bring Polly into their... Uh, um, Betty, rather. Oh, that's going to be... It's going to drive me crazy. Now that they both exist in they the world exist. and look so much the same, try to bring Betty and Polly into their web um by basically saying well now that Polly's pregnant like you're part of the family we want to provide financial support emotional support mm-hmm. uh like bring her to pops like yeah <laughs> we guess that will come in like amazing moment with Cheryl yeah i just i i gave betty more credit than falling for this trap betty's like, not stupid and yeah, she kind of falls for it right away. Yeah, I'm like, no, you you don't trust these people. The reason said she they, doesn't know them. I'm yeah, but she doesn't real. Yeah, but I'm like the maple that, syrup. Well, the, the yeah, the, the family grudge aside, like she doesn't interact. Like if Veronica were the person in Betty's place after experiencing how the blossoms treat Cheryl at that dinner, right? Veronica should know better. Betty, on the other hand, has never really interacted with the Blossoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's kind of like, she's very positive, and she tries to look on the bright side. So it makes sense that I think Betty would believe them. That being said, as the viewer, I'm sitting there saying the whole time, like, no, 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 don't do this. Um, So, I mean, yeah, it's a little gross watching it because even performance-wise, it's did very honestly mm-hmm. and you you look at it and you're just like it seems really nice but I don't buy it um I'm surprised that Betty didn't think the same but I'm glad Cheryl stepped in to fix it yes. absolutely um the whole time when as soon as Cheryl walked in I was like she is going to tell them to get the hell out of there yeah and I was very very glad that she did yeah. um we see this side of Cheryl throughout the whole episode where she's She's interested in, like, the greater good. And in the beginning, that greater good seems self-interested because she's kind of using it to her advantage to get back with River Vixens. Um, But toward the end, we realize that she's actually genuinely 
interested in what's best for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, she's interested in what's best for Jason's baby and what's best for, you know, the people that she cares about. Yeah, yeah. She's pulling a Sharpay Evans. She's pulling a Sharpay Evans. I love Sharpay Evans. Um, yeah, so, so we have Polly now living with Hermione, mm-hmm. which will be interesting to see, like, that's just weird to, like, host yeah. a fugitive in your luxury apartment. Right. Um, and, and the last, the last image we see is a, a big, um, red flag. Shocker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're in FP's place mm-hmm. and amongst the beer bottles and empty, uh, whiskey bottles, we see Jason's jacket from the car. Do you think it's the same jacket from the car or do you think it's... It's uh, another jacket. How many varsity it could jackets be, do people get? I don't know. Yeah, I, that's one fact. I have no idea. It could be an additional jacket. They definitely. I mean, they want the us to think it's jacket. the same jacket. They want us to think it's the same exact jacket. I just, thought the same thing. I was like, is that... If it's the jacket, then someone's fucked. You know? Right. FP or Jughead... But Jughead had not have done been there. Like, yeah. The yeah. Whatever yeah. reason they had for torching the car, one of them torched the car. If uh-huh. it's not the same jacket, there's a lot more to the story that we haven't heard. Meaning Sure, right. Like why the hell is a version of Jason's jacket in their trailer? Um, if it is the same jacket though, why would they keep it? I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a nice jacket. It's a nice jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but why take why take that from the like, car? Why and why would trophies? the one thing I th- the one connection I can make is the Southside Serpents seem like the type of people who would be involved with the drug trade of Riverdale, and there were drugs in the car, right. so maybe that's Absolutely. the motive for burning the car. Again, why would you take the jacket? No, why were there no. drugs in the car? Can because Jason was dealing, well, allegedly he was dealing drugs, right, to make mon- to to make right. enough money to move upstate with Polly. My theory is that maybe he was gonna. He's being paid by the serpents to smuggle all of those drugs mm. and take them and sell them so that he could have the money. You were correct. Yes, interesting. Jason yeah, yeah, yeah. Has, um, a, I when I first heard that theory. I was like, oh, that's just one of those, like, weird teen rumors that, that like, spiraled out of control. Yeah, that he was dealing drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. People also say that he was dealing drugs. And I was like, that's a little much. Yeah. But, I don't know, maybe, he, I mean, there was a, there was a lot. It was, it seemed. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. So maybe he's smuggling them to, or, like, moving them, rather, not smuggling, since he's not crossing any borders. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's intense. Well, sure. I do have, I weirdly just got a tweet from one of our listeners uh-huh. with the hashtag, where's Sam? Hashtag, where's Sam? There seems to be a clue. Oh, and I just got a message with, I, a, a message from Sam? Oh. Oh my God. That's why. Hey guys, Sam here. Coming to you remotely from this atypical episode of River Dish. So this episode was pretty wacky. Again, 455 things happened, so it was a little hard for me to keep track, but of course I did, and there are some things that I need to talk about right now. First of all, okay, we find Jughead now living in the school's stairwell's closet because Jughead's in the closet, I guess, or asexual, or in love with Betty. Who the fuck knows? My biggest takeaway from this is why does Archie go into the school alone at like 5 a.m. on a Thursday? It makes absolutely no sense. I don't know. Anyway, another thing we have to talk about is that opening sequence. It was kind of cool because Jughead was in the traditional outfit that Jughead wears in the comic book. So that was kind of fun to see, and he looked really good. The rest of them kind of looked like Stepford's wife situations. I mean, Archie still kind of looked robotic like he is usually, but it was all kind of like freaky. I don't know. Anyway, the biggest thing that happened in this episode was Polygate 2017. Okay, first of all, Polly is batshit crazy. I don't know if she was like on loony pills or something like hormonally fucking her up, but I don't know. If I was around here for like more than five minutes, I think that I would commit her to the ward myself. Honestly, I don't know. 
Anyway, Cheryl thinks that Polly's the number one suspect because Polly escaped the psych ward. Sorry, home for tormented girls. But I don't know. The card thing's still a mystery. I feel like why would Polly, I mean, she's not that good an actress. So why the hell would she freak out as much as she did if she did this? Like, it doesn't make sense. Anyway, Betty and Jughead's relationship. Let's talk about things I could literally not care less about. It's just comical to me because Jughead is like almost eponining to Betty. He's so into her and she clearly just doesn't care. She's into it. You know what it is? She's doing that girl thing where she's like, I don't care. Like, I don't know. Like, Polly, like, I'm worried about Polly. Kiss me again. But she never says that vocally. Like, it's all in her eyes. I don't know. I mean, Jughead is just, he's kind of clueless, but he's like really into this. But nobody cares. Maybe Betty's ponytail is too tight that it's clouding her judgment of like real things and she can only focus on one thing at a time. I don't know. Okay, another thing I'm obsessed with in this episode, and now, mind you, it's been three episodes where this has happened, the blatant CoverGirl product placement is just honestly gold. Like, I rewound that and watched it again just to see the CoverGirl Outlast All Day Compact, because like any sensible Riverdale mom, that's what Betty's mother was using. But just the zoom is so elongated that it's so clearly evident what they're doing, and honestly, like, that's a solid deal. So good job, CoverGirl brand reps, like, I'm all for that, honestly. Okay, another thing I need to talk about is Veronica's crucible moment. So as we know, Hermione forged her name on the documents doing something. We, I, don't, I still really don't know what, something with the snakes and the land and who knows. But Veronica found out and is really pissed and she goes to the club with a wacky group. She goes with um, Kevin Keller, who obviously like, has been to the club before. It's not his first rodeo. Josie, who honestly was kind of pulling a footloose, like the mayor's daughter out and about, like, all right. And then Reggie, which is so random to me. But hey, you know what? It's all you need for a good club event is an interesting group. And clearly that's what that was. Anyway, at the club, Veronica discovered her John Proctor moment. And it's like, because it is my name. Because it is the only thing I'll ever have. Honestly, I hope you guys listening like get my references because they're so obvious to me and I always assume everyone else knows what I'm talking about. So hopefully you do because that was truly like an Arthur Miller moment for me and I was like, wow, okay, great. So that moment kind of brings me to parents and the parents bring me to just the hot dads of Riverdale. We meet Jughead's dad in this one and we learn a bit about him and he really is so hot. I mean, I thought Archie's dad was hot. I still do. But Jughead's dad? And the fact that he's like a sexy, like, addict? I mean, sign me up. Honestly. I don't even care that he's in a gang. Everyone that matters is in a cult anyway. Anyway, the dad moment between Jughead's dad and Archie's dad was just like such great eye candy. I don't even know what they were talking about or what they were doing or eating at Pops. But I was just like on board for it. Who knows? And also, I really am dying to meet Jellybean. Like, if she's not introduced in this series, I'm going to personally write a letter to the writers of Riverdale because I need that, and I think we all do. Because I also want to ask her what flavor she thinks she is in the tutti-frutti spectrum of jelly beans. Personally, if you ask me, I think I'm a coconut combined with a toasted marshmallow, but sometimes if I'm feeling frisky, I'm a tutti-frutti. So who knows? We'll find out. Anyway, the last thing I wanted to talk about was Ryan and I have discussed Riverdale's geography and what kind of places we think exist in the town before. So I just talked about the club, but who knew there was a club in Riverdale? I mean, this was huge for me because if there's a club, you know that there's like probably so many other places like that, you know? Like I want to see like the dive bars of Riverdale. I want to see like the upscale lounge. I want to see the gentleman's club that you know Jughead's dad like sneaks into sometimes. But this was pretty eye-opening and I was like, Awesome. Cool. This town is literally so big. There's a new thing every day. I was a little sad that there wasn't an event in this episode. Well, I guess there was a press conference, but still, like, there was no, like, pep rally or, you know, anything like that. But I guess once in a while, the town needs to relax. I know I do. Anyway, I'll leave you with this. Hashtag sharpen your pitchforks, bitches. I'll be back with Ryan next week. Mwah. 
Wow, so even though Sam is missing, she still has thoughts on this week's episode <laughs> of Riverdale. Amazing. Crazy. Thanks for finding the time to do that no matter where you are. <laughs> Sam, please come home. Come home. <laughs> You're our amazing Amy. Um, well, Matt, thanks so much for being with me this week. S- stepping in me. for our lost friends. Um... Polly Cooper killed my brother. Hashtag Polly Cooper killed my brother. Hashtag Polly Cooper killed Sam Gold. Bye. <laughs> Bye.